0: Hey guys, what's going on? Kim here. Before we jump into the episode, I'm testing something new and would love your feedback on this. This was an hour long live stream I did in the Content Creators Facebook group, which of course you should join if you're not a member of. It's pretty dang awesome. However, we did a live stream simply discussing building your audience first. This was, we had an outline, we had points, we had some questions. It was really, really a quality quality conversation with the group. So anyways, it's myself and my friend Devinder, who has been on the podcast before, but we we were reading questions and stuff. So heads up, if it's a little echo echoey, it was a Facebook live stream. Let me know what you think of this. I'd love your thoughts, but I thought the content was so good. It was absolutely worth sharing. So on that note, let's jump right in. Building an online business is more than branding, content and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is the Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. All right, guys, let us know you're here. Welcome to Build Your Audience First. I am one of your hosts, Kim Doyle, and we have the amazing Devinder with us today. Devinder, thank you for doing this with me.
1: very welcome.
0: So Devinder and I were joking when I started half an hour ago that how hyper I am and how calm he is. We're a good balance, but his enthusiasm is right there with me too. So um, I just want to let you guys let me know if you're here. So just drop in and give us a hello something so that we can um, start talking to you. We'll we'll customize this for you. We've got a little outline today, and we're going to jump right in after Kim minimizes the 52,000 things she has open on her computer. (laughs) So who's here? What's up, guys? Tell me if you're here. Say hello. Leave us a comment in the thread if you can. Would be fantastic. Okay. All right. We got a lot of peeps here. What's up, guys? So we got... All right. Cool. Thank you. What's up, Rashad? All right. So what this is all about today. And I'm going to tell you where this came from. So we have a little outline and Devinder and I talk like every day, I think through messenger and we were just, um, um, hold on one sec. I'm doing a live stream. Just, it's tough when you keep Facebook open and people message you. So, um, Anyway, so we were talking about this and because it was really Devendra that inspired me to do the free course that is just about done. It'll be up this week, you guys, for sure, the content traffic Kickstarter. But I've noticed people do this a lot. And this was a big aha for me because I see people who jump into, you know, a $2,000 course or a $5,000 mentor about something specific. So let's say it's, you know building a membership site or a community, or it is, you know, making money with webinars or doing this. But the problem is if, if you don't have an audience, you're going to invest all this time and money on a course and have no one to sell it to, right? You're going to have no one to offer your membership to, or no one to attend your webinars. So we want to have an open discussion with you guys, like jump in with this. Um, we've got a little outline for you, like I said, but we're going to talk about why you need to do this and some steps that you can do. So um, that was sort of the mistake that I see people making. Devender, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, you ought to have audience to, you know, sell something. It's all about, you know, planting a garden, nourishing it. And once the garden blossoms, people will come and see it. Now on internet, we can have like two types of gardens. One that you plant on your own land the other that you plant on someone else's land. Now, both are important, but the one that you plant on your own land, which actually means having your own website or blog is the most important thing. And once you do that, go to the other step, plant the garden on someone else's land, make a Facebook social profile, group, page, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, there's so many you know, ways to build your audience on social platforms, but you've got to funnel that traffic to your own garden in the end. Because if you rely only on your social profiles and your social profiles gets deactivated or deleted for some reason, you are back to zero. Mm-hmm. So build your garden, take care of it plant something beautiful people will definitely come but you got to do the hard work and building garden is not easy but it's not difficult either obviously some people will do it quickly some will take time so once you have your website up just make sure you write targeted content and offer value whether you want to offer it free for paid that's all up to you to decide
0: I love that garden analogy. And I'm picturing the infographic, Devinder, so get on that already. (laughs) That's a good analogy of that. Um, And you guys, just as a heads up, you know what it is? I'm streaming from a page into the group. So the comments are showing up on the page. So thank you, Todd and Andrea are here. Thanks, guys. Uh, Todd gave you preps for, for speaking the truth. So we get that, right? That your content should all stem from your website first. The goal is to get people back to your site converting to subscribers and then to sales right to build a relationship with them and the thing that seems to be missing where i and and i'm speaking from personal experience you guys i would i would create content and i'd push it you know for anybody that had followed the podcast like 5 years ago you just had to subscribe to the podcast i barely would email it i didn't want to promote it i felt so i don't want to be bugging people <laughs> but you have a responsibility to the people that are following you to share the stuff that you've created for them, especially free content, right? But here's where I think there's some opportunities with the audience building, right? So I don't know, Devinder, if you want to speak more to the core of the content on your site, the garden aspect, because I want to talk about being able to take stuff further and how you start really having conversations and creating relationships with this—I mean, this, the relationship with the vendor—we just started chatting last year, sometime, and then I had him on my podcast, and then it kept going and go, and now like I consider him a dear friend. So this is—you know—we're going to talk about that. But if you want to drive a little bit more about sort of cornerstone content and even some of the content that we were talking about that doesn't serve or convert,
1: yeah, like if you are new to it and you are just going to make a new website. When you register your domain name, you know, install a theme, obviously those are mundane things, but you got to do it. One important thing that most people forget is they don't build their content plan. First and foremost thing is building foundation content for your website. It can be just five articles, but those five articles should actually explain the main basic purpose of your website. Now, if you are building a website on WordPress or WordPress as a topic, so you got to have foundation content what can be a foundation content what is the difference between wordpress.com or .org what is the best web hosting for wordpress people where can i connect with wordpress people so you got to build foundation content write that foundation content publish it and then try to you know publicize on other platforms because you got to have some content some meaningful useful content to able to attract the right kind of audience. So building pillar foundation content is critical for a new website. Guess what? I'm doing the same thing because I'm going to launch a new website very soon. So,
0: Well, so in that aspect, guys, as an example too, so when I moved from the WordPress check to Kim Doyle, it was freaky because I deleted a ton of content, like all my Studio Press Genesis stuff. I don't think I pulled any of that stuff over because that's not, I'm talking about Content marketing, content strategy, and all those things. So, what would be super helpful at this juncture is I need to say to myself, okay, like what is content marketing today? It looks very different today than it did five years ago. So, what are different types of content? How do you build a content strategy? So, if I came up with, say, five to six of those cornerstone pillar pieces of content, that's going to, and I'm, we're talking like epic content, if you've heard that, where it's like a 2000 word post, maybe there's a couple videos, always, always, always then. Is a call to action, right? That's the other piece. It's like, where do you want everyone to go? So so, meaning for me, my primary lead magnet now is going to be that content traffic kickstarter. Everything's going to send people in there, and then there's going to be different follow-up sequences that get people into the next step. But what do I want them to be doing? I have a lot of people on my list that are all from my WordPress chick days, and that's great. I'm still going to be talking about WordPress tools and stuff, but I need people who are really diving into this content strategy. So I have to focus on that. So that piece being, I I think, Devinder, like what we're talking about too, there's sort of this long, long game and there's like the marathon and the sprint that have to happen at the same time.
1: Exactly. You know, the mistake number one is we don't focus on the pillar content. The mistake number two, once you have your pillar content there and people are consuming that content, they just consume content and go away. You got to make that extra effort that they give you your email ID. And then the second question comes in mind. I don't have anything to sell. So why should I get someone's email address? The thing is, you may not have anything to sell now, but you can have something to sell, say, six months down the line. And by that time, you would have built a healthy email list and more focused email list. And And guess what? Email list is gold if you can build it the right ethical way.
0: So a couple things. We've got some questions. So what's up, everybody? I know we've got some people joining us recently. Thank you for being here. If you can, I'm going to ask you to hit that like and love button for us. Give us some love on this as well as share it. Share it if you think it's relevant and helpful to your audience. So just go ahead and underneath that, you should be able to share it to a page. Um, So a question. This is a great one from Lorraine. Um, She said, I have a really old article on my website that brings in a lot of traffic, but it's not totally relevant to my current direction. How is it best to use that? keep it and help people visit elsewhere, delete it or edit it. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, there's so many ways to do it. If you, if you simply want to monetize that article, you can add affiliate links that would be a natural next step for that article consumption to go to the next step. If you have like a lot of time and you have that interest in that article, you can spin up a niche website and, you know, funnel that traffic to your other website and build a build an email list that is separate or you can funnel that traffic to your friend's website who is running a website with similar interests there are a lot of ways it depends on how much time you want to spend on it and if you get if you're getting traffic you can obviously monetize and make money so it all depends on whether how much effort you want to put equals to how much money you can make out of it.
0: Well, in this example, you know what I would do, Lorraine, too, is I know you got survey slam, and is I would put a survey, I would do it, I would embed a survey onto that page to see, because you may be, the the content may not necessarily be supporting where you're going, but the visitor still may want to know about other stuff that you're doing. So I would probably embed an opt-in survey, something that maybe, I don't know if you want to share the content. Um, And hello, Dawn and Miko, I appreciate you guys saying hello, really appreciate that. Um, But Lorraine, I don't know if you want to share what the post is about, but, but that's what I would do is I would embed a survey in separate questions. And if it's not relevant at all, but the visitor still may be a potential subscriber that you could provide some value to. So I would tweak it that way. Before I thought about deleting it, I would definitely see if there's a way that you can convert them to a subscriber and get more information about them.
1: Yeah. You can have an exit intent pop-up that works beautifully on such kind of content that you capture the person when he's exiting your website.
0: Um, So hopefully that helps. If you guys have questions, let me know on that piece. I have, so here's an example. One piece of traffic that I would get a lot of, it was, it was with the Thrive Content Builder, which is now Thrive Architect. It's dated, but I still get affiliate sales through that. And so what I would probably do, if I want to keep um, getting traffic with that page builders, mm-hmm. I, re- I would do a whole new post on how to use it for content marketing, how you can use that to customize certain content. So I would have to put a spin on it or, or simply just update it. Um, Lorraine said, cool idea. It ranks first on Google for its topic. So it's worth working on. It's about fonts and the design aspect of website. I absolutely would, Lorraine. And you could just ask: Are you a web designer? Are you looking for a website? Do you want to build your own? So I, I would totally do that. You guys, for a long time, I when I stopped doing websites, I, I ranked for I think it was Word WordPress website packages or something, <laughs> and it was only be, there was not even good content. It was simply because I had created the page like in two thousand nine or so. It had been around a long time, but I really had zero. Relevance for that I was never going to be offering them again. Um, <clears throat> so that's a good point. I want to pivot a little bit to this audience piece. and I hope you guys have seen with this group, like with content creators, I, I've said it before that when I started the group, I wasn't necessarily attached to what I was going to do with it, but it has by far been one of the best things I've done because you guys are awesome but I'm getting a ton of data. It's fun. I'm building personal relationships with people. I mean, I'm looking at half the people that are are with us today, and I think of you guys as friends now, right? And so I have these personal relationships. I, I private message with a lot of you guys. We have conversations. And so my goal for you is to start thinking of those conversations as part of the work, like I think a lot of people think of social media as I don't have time, I'm going to go post stuff, and, but block out time for actual engagement. Take the conversation further. What do you think, D? I call him D. We're just going to keep it short.
1: <laughs> well, if, you, if you're going to behave like a robot, then the responses will be also <laughs> in the form of a robot, you know? So if you're, if you're just going to schedule, you know, Facebook posts or Twitter posts, um, you won't get m- much engagement out of it. So you got to, it's good, even I schedule a lot of posts, but I also get down and interact and answer people, or if I know answer to something specific, I do answer it. So that is the first step of, you know, building a relationship. And web is all about, you know, if you are into web design and development and you're looking for clients, either you can go to a cheap marketplace like Odesk work freelancer obviously you'll get work but that would be a low priced work but if you have relationships on the internet i i know a lot of people who get 99 of their work only via referrals why because they've done work and people know about them so they're getting it so again coming back to the garden piece so once you have your garden you got to invite right people to your garden You just cannot open your garden for everyone because you will be wasting your time and effort because you got to invite right people to have the best conversion and to have best conversations. And not only you will make more money out of it, it will also help you improve your content because once you get right people, they will bring right kind of experience and tips and tricks to, you know, help improve you as well as themselves.
0: They'll let you know what they need help with. And on that note, here's here's a couple. I want to see if we can pull in some tangible tips, too, because this is what has really driven things for me. One, and I'm not here to pitch anybody on podcasting. I have no services, but my <laughs> podcast has really... Done. It's it's been a game changer for me in terms of relationships, right? And so because of that, I have this platform that says, "I love what you're doing. Let me share your message on my platform." That's such a give, right? It's a complete value add right out of the shoot. It has nothing to do with me other than yes, they're helping me create content, but I have this established platform, so that's a total give, right? And I think it's that conversation of taking it further. Here's an example, and I'm probably going to do an anchor recording on this. You're going to hear it again, but a super simple thing to do is when you see somebody going live that is in your network, or like I try to hop on a live stream for people. I don't care if we're super good friends; I know them. I mean, ideally the topic is relevant, right? But that's why I'm following. But I hop on and I say hello, and I try to be encouraging, and I give them a ton of likes and love. And I did that yesterday, and this guy was like, "Oh my god, thank you!" And she was, it was super fun, and it felt like one of those selfless good deeds, which there are no such things, because I felt really good, right? So it took five minutes of my time to hop on her live stream, say hello, let her know that I was there, give her some, just have a conversation. And I'm not saying you got to go in and be a cheerleader, but just show up for people. You'd be surprised then how they think of you. Wow, you took the time out of your day to show up for me. These are like such basic human things, but it only takes a couple minutes to do that. Thoughts, exactly. anyone?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a question. Like, I have a challenging time building relationships. Doing it and considering part of my work feels weird. Now, if you consider building a relationship as work, then it's a tough call. Because for some, interacting and engaging comes naturally. For some, it doesn't. So they don't interact. So you got to bring your natural side in, you know, engaging with people and finding your tribe because once you find your tribe, you can always build over it.
0: Um, and I'm sorry guys, if I'm missing this, cause it's like, it's on two pages. So I'm looking um, cause Cheryl was saying that she, she learned currently building her audience. So to that with Andrea, I wanted to address also because um, Andrea, you are building your audience. So you've got a group. I see you engaging in there. You're having conversations and it's, it does For me, it didn't either. It always felt like this thing that I would get to later, right? And so now I kind of schedule it in. Like the first part of my day, you guys may notice, I tend to show up more in the group the first part of the day, and then a little bit later, I'll pop in when I'm doing, you know, like editing stuff that I'm tired of doing, and I need a break, so I'll pop into the group during the day. But, you know, I just treat it like, like part of the job, and and not the job, but you guys know what I mean. But from that perspective, it's you start those conversations and Andrea, you have a group. So I think when you show up first and you're having conversations, all you have to do is I think think of it as just giving. I'm going to give to people. How can I show up and say hello? How can I give a little bit of value? Um, uh, Let's see. This is really quick. I want to address. So did that help, Andrea? Um, It isn't necessarily going to be something that feels Natural or work, right? We have this preconceived idea, I think, especially in Western culture, that it's supposed to be hard. Like the things that we do to make money, I did have to be hard work as opposed to this is really fun. I'm sitting here having a conversation with my tribe and like this is what I do for a living. You know, so I think you have to reframe it a little bit. Um, But it's really schedule it in, you know, and if you look at it that, okay, this is just as important. This is part of building a list. This is part of growing my business. You just have to reframe it a little bit. Um, hopefully, that helped. I did see too that uh, Lorraine was saying um, all the new segmenting tools. You can steer people in the right direction for what you want to offer them, and the tire kickers can be steered out the door in the nicest way possible. I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, and the thing is with the audience, I think we overthink this, you guys. What you know, when I was talking about the live stream and showing up, one example that I have too is with Arlene Battisell. I don't think she's on here. Arlene was doing a live stream last year talking about a book that I fell in love with too. And I thought, I'm going to jump in and talk to this person that I don't have a relationship with, but I'm going to let her know that I totally felt the same way about the book. And then it kind of start the conversation started. And then I just said, I'd love to have you on my podcast. She was like, great. We take it to private messenger we're super good friends. Now we're super good friends. We've got a project we're working on. So you don't know where that relationship's going to take you, but you have to, it's, it's like that compound interest, like exercise, nutrition, you got to just start walking every day for 15 minutes and all of a sudden it'll start showing up. Um, any thoughts on all that? I kind of went a little bit crazy there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's a question. It would be it will be more challenging as I try to monetize it, but I definitely do need to reframe it. Bye, here's,
0: here's the thing, and we could probably do a live stream on this to you guys. If if I could recommend anything to all of you, it would be, think of what, like plan out a little bit. It's kind of starting with the end in mind. You've heard a lot of marketers talk about that. But even if it's a simple affiliate thing that you want to recommend people to if you don't have a product or service that you can drive someone to so andrea are are you okay let me know if you're good i'm not seeing the comments the same way anymore but if i can show you talk about your your group um but it's it's on intermittent fasting whatever so maybe you have a book or you have somebody that you like so i would ideally look for an affiliate offer that is completely in alignment with the value that you bring and i would Get that offer in front of your email subscribers early, right? Within, say, the first month. Don't wait six, seven months to start a paid offer because you are going to train your audience that you're not selling anything. And then you would not... I did this with the WordPress check. People were like offended when I started selling because I kept doing, here's how to do this for free. Here's how to do that for free. Or they wouldn't read the emails because I was so sporadic about it. You're not going to please everybody, but I would highly recommend you get something... You put an offer in front of people and they come into your world, at least within the first month. It doesn't have to be high ticket or yours.
1: And in the end, it's your content and you can monetize it in any way you want to, because there will be people who will give you negative feedback about it. There will be people. Surprisingly, there won't be people who will give positive feedback about it because people who think <laughs> positive about it won't even share their feedback. It's just few negative thoughts that will be shared with you that, that you are selling too much. If you if you have a content that is bringing traffic, you can definitely monetize it, but you shouldn't write content just for the sake of monetizing it. So there's a thin line between it.
0: There is, and you don't know until you try. And what has really worked for me with the audience piece is I, I think, and I hope you guys feel this way, but I'm pretty transparent in what I'm doing. So even with this, the content traffic Kickstarter, I just need to do a CTK for that. But I'm going to incorporate ManyChat into that opt-in process. And I'm going to let you know that I'm testing this and I want to, I'm doing this because it's conversational I want to test this, this it's a marketing channel. That's (laughs) it. But I want to test it. So I'm sharing what I'm doing while I'm doing it. And so nobody feels like, Whoa, what is this? This is not how you engage with your audience. Right? So this whole thing is, and everybody here that's commenting like, Andrea, you're giving a ton of value in your group. That's all you're doing right now is giving, giving, giving. And so that piece, though, it, it is part of the work and it's tricky because it's the long game, right? You, you're building it and <laughs> there isn't this immediate payoff, but it's just like anything else. Content, there's no immediate payoff, but you have to do it. It's out there. Um, do you guys have any, let's see. Um, I, don't, I hope I don't botch your name. Rejandra said, rightly said, people only criticize um, as opposed to appreciating most of the time. Yeah. And that's another thing, guys. That's the other. This is I always pull this up. Shane Mila of Thrive Theme said this on a webinar once. And he said, the easiest way to succeed online is to be willing to do the work that other people won't. And that's it. So if you're willing to do more than hit like or love and you leave a genuine comment or a genuine response to someone's question, you will stand out. You will be top of mind. Be that person that just does that little extra or leaves a comment on a post. You guys, I still get giddy. I know people Todd had asked everybody, are they still getting comments? I adore the comments. They make my day. I screenshot them. I, if I get a comment on Facebook, um, all of those things. Um So Rashab is saying transparency is a definite plus. This is a good question. Devender would love your thoughts. You're probably you guys probably not mine. Patricia, what's up, Patricia too, was asking, what is your opinion about purchasing content versus creating your own? Uh, like a PLR book.
1: Well, I prefer to create my own content, but I know a lot of big wigs who would hire people to write few chapters here and there for your for their big ebook launch so if you got money you can definitely hire people to build your content there's no harm in it it's just when you are asking someone else to write your content the quality control is a big factor and if Mm -hmm. you can take care of the quality control and take care of the expenses definitely go for it
0: my thoughts on plr because i know a lot of people will do that it can be a little bit of a rabbit hole where all of a sudden you're purchasing stuff and just repurposing it. If I were to grab PLR content, I'd just rip it apart, right? So if, if it's, I think it could be a good starting point where Devinder's talking about hiring content writers, but PLR is private label rights for people who don't know, and it's already been done. It's been created. And to Lorraine, Lorraine, that's a great point. She said, cheap PLR isn't good for SEO unless you change it substantially. It is. And you have to remember the other piece with that is how many other people have purchased that too. You know, so I think if you want to purchase PLR and then rip it apart and tweak it, but it helps you get started, I would run with that. Personally, I would never do it, especially because I'm running a personal brand. Like people can tell if it's my voice, it's pretty distinct the way I write, the way I talk. So
1: yeah, and people are buying your content because of you. And if they don't see the reflection of you in the content, mm-hmm. there will be a missing piece. So.
0: And you guys, that's why people stay on your email list and stuff. I mean, um, has said to me, she goes, I, I hate reading emails. But she said, but it's you and I like you and I know you. And I always read through yours to see what you're talking about, right? Okay. So there is that piece. And I want to bring back, Lorraine had a great co- uh, a comment too, where she said, she, it definitely pays off to do more <laughs> than hit like or love that she's going above and beyond to leave a comment, you know, and then you become that person that adds value wherever you go. Uh, let's see. Annalyn was saying that uh, uh, I'd rather rip it apart as well. You have to add your voice instead of using other people's words. And that's a great idea. Trevor said, I think PLR can work as a value add in a membership site, but not public facing for SEO. You know, and at the end of the day, it, it's your your voice and your content gets better the more you do it. It just is. It's not optional. You guys, I'm sitting here and there goes a spider across my ceiling. <laughs> Stay over there. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the piece in terms of audience with community, right? So obviously Facebook groups are huge. And it's it's funny because I was kind of a lurker in groups before I started my own. And now I'm like, Okay, I'm trying to be better about participating in other people's groups as well. And I get it that it's like, okay, this is a time suck. How can I do all that when I've got work to do? But you have to treat that as part of doing the work. Just like you would a network luncheon or a conference, it's it's constant, right? So I'd super I'd super, I'd be super curious to know um, if you guys have other places besides Facebook or does anybody in a forum or another membership where you're really a part of a community? Thoughts, feelings?
1: I think forums are not that popular now. They were like five, 10 years ago. They were bigger than Facebook. Like they were like very big forums where like webmasters or designers or developers will hang around. So, but now it's more of a Facebook group and Facebook group also like you may join 20 Facebook groups, but your connection will still be there with only two or three Facebook groups that you interact on a regular basis that's that's for me you know i have four or five facebook groups that i interact with or people in those groups because i feel the connection even though the topic of discussion in all these groups are almost similar but still there's a different character to each facebook group so I think you need to have that connection if you are participating in someone else's group. But if you are starting up, you can obviously start your own Facebook group, but then don't expect to have a very big growth in few months because since you're new to just content creation, community building will take time. But you shouldn't leave this piece missing. You can obviously start and steadily build you know, the membership in your Facebook groups.
0: So this is great. We've got a couple great comments. So Rashad was saying core is a great place to answer questions and to provide value. Uh, John Perez, what up JP said that Slack works a bit. Um, Maggie Haas said there's a massive network within Twitter based on following hashtags. Um, you guys are jumping in quickly. Miko said big part of my job is chatting and emailing, staying in contact with different parties. Um, and, and true. I mean, Rashad only so much time in the day you have to pick and choose. So you know, and, and again, you guys, I would love to, Lorraine said too, she agrees with Maddie. Twitter is a a community. When an event is happening, you get running commentary in the tweets. So that is, if anybody wants to do a live stream on that, I'd love it. I'm not, I have a decent following on Twitter. I tend to push content there. I don't tend to engage the way I should. I also think another piece of this, and I want to talk about, we'll get into relationships next. Yeah. Andrea was saying Instagram that I have, I actually have a, meeting this Thursday. I'm driving to somebody local that I connected with on Instagram Was following her. I saw that she lived in this little city, Walnut Creek. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm local too. She does branding. And I thought, let's meet in person. So I, I'm actually going to go do that. I just simply to connect with somebody else. But I have found that Instagram, when you also do more in terms of leaving an actual comment, as opposed to just liking something or doing like the hundred emoji or whatever people do, leave a comment, you'll get a comment back. I mean, and people with like massive followings have those massive followings because they engage, right? And the day that Gary V responds to me, you will all know it because I'll screenshot it, but I don't care who it is. I try, if it resonates with me, I will try to leave an actual comment. And I know we do a lot of likes and whatever and and that stuff too, but that's a great place to to do that as well. Um, We got a couple other (laughs) questions too is, Uh, Maggie's just saying she just joined Instagram too. Twitter's good. Uh, Raj says Twitter's good for weekly chat, but otherwise it's difficult to keep up. Um, it is. So, you know, I think that, um, oh, you're you're funny. Um, one thing I want to talk about too. So as, as we're here and you guys see, we've got it really, you guys are awesome. Thank you for being so engaged and participating. One other thing that I love to do is connect people. So relationships are a huge part of growing your audience Any time that I can connect people with somebody else, I jump on it. Yesterday, I had a a previous client that I had done podcast work for, and she's doing a book launch. And and long story short, she needs a website. I'm like, well, I don't do it. Here's the vendor. So you connect with him. Kyle Gray, who wrote The Story Engine, is looking for copywriting. And he's like, do you know somebody? I'm like, yes, I do. Christine Sheehy, who is brilliant at messaging and copy and all of that. I'm like, yeah. So, whether or not they work together, I don't know, but they'll always know the other one does this and that. So, it's my pleasure to to just do a quick email, you know, meet this person. They're awesome. You're awesome. I'll let you guys take it from here. So, being that person that makes referrals for other people is also a huge, you know, that's when you get those, wow, I'm launching this. Can you guys help me do this? They're like, yeah, you have done nothing but help me. Thoughts?
1: (laughs) Yeah. If you want to build engagement, in online communities, the only thing that you need to do is just give direction to a person looking for one. You don't need to provide solutions to everyone. Just give a direction because a person is disappointed the most when you give him a wall. But if you can tell him, hey, I don't know the solution, but I'm sure you can find solution at this place. So you can go there. At least there's hope for him. That's one part of it. And there's another part of it, which I've noticed lately on the on the communities like if someone asks a question and it's like very basic question oh this is, has been answered so many times you are asking a beginner's question don't you read the group rules now that is kind of a rough and crude way to handle someone who's new to the ecosystem i think you can be that person's hero by answering that question even though you've answered that question many times there's no harm answering it again or pointing him to the resource because once you creep in the negative vibes in a person, that person will, the negativity in that person for that particular community will start growing. And I've seen those communities collapse
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I'm, i, I know, no, I, I think Kim already knows which type of communities I'm referring to. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it, it, the thing is, you guys, that's it, it, a lot of you have been in the group for a while. So you probably ha- haven't gone back. But I mean, I was very adamant about no negative Ned in this group. If you're frustrated and need help with something, ask. But it's I don't ever want this group to be a place where people just dump and bitch and moan. And I'm OK with like a like, let me tell you, my personality, like last week when I was gone, and Ed Stetsman said, let's start a meme war. Like I lost it laughing. I thought it was the most fantastic thing that lifts people up. It's fun. It's in that is engaging. Right. But so it's, it's really being that person to lift other people up and you guys, it can simply be, you know, just an encouraging statement or God, I hadn't thought about that, you know, in that way, but that piece, and then really this relationship, you can, like Devinder was saying, you may not have the answer for somebody, but I always tell people (laughs) Rashad said the bro groups, Yeah. And truly like if if I can't help you, I very well may know somebody who has, and not like, Oh, I know all these people, but I've just been around a while now. So if I know somebody that can help somebody else, I'm so happy to do that. And, you know, and I will say, I don't think she's on the live stream, but Sandy Eveleth really helped. She was this making all the right connections and really got me thinking differently about this. Um, We did have a couple questions in here too that, um, yeah, Raj was saying we could have a weekly chat. He said, has anyone figured out the magic formula relating group size against signal to noise ratio? You know, I honestly, I think it's going to be so group specific truly. And, and I'll try things you guys, it's very fascinating. So you know, every now and then, like last week, I think I asked about, uh, what are vacation plans or some of those sort of, you know, non-relevant, but it just is a little bit of fun. And so, I don't want those to ever be clickbaity, but I pay attention like, okay, let's have some fun today. And then on the other (laughs) hand, I watch then if I do that and there's a ton of engagement, yes, I will see that Facebook all of a sudden recommends the group a little bit more. So I test that stuff, but it's never something it can't dilute from the quality of the group and what the group is about, you know? And so I, I think the more you focus on quality, you know, slow and steady, I mean, I may test some things with like a a Facebook ad to a chat bot to drive people into the group, but driving them into the group would probably be, you know, somewhere like step four or five in a follow-up <laughs> sequence. Cause I want to know that they're truly right for the group. So there's going to have to be some pre-qualifiers in there. Um, I hope that makes sense.
1: And groups that have like big membership, like 20,000, 10,000 people, they have less engagement as compared to groups that they have like 2000 or 5,000 users mm-hmm. because those are like they've joined it, but they never interacted with it. But in a smaller yeah, group, you have
0: to you have to decide, like to Devender's point, like what can you manage? What what's manageable for you? I mean, the ClickFunnels group is like a hundred thousand people, but the people who are actually really have these big long, big sustainable businesses are not really in that group. It's people who are excited. How do I build my funnel? How do I do this? How do write that, that kind of stuff? So, and. I think there are moderators, but you don't see the core. You don't see Russell Brunson jumping in there unless he's doing something. So it really depends on what you're doing and how you want to model that. Um, Let's see. Uh, You guys are super fast. (laughs) Um, Todd was saying he likes the smaller groups too, but not too small, Maggie. It's always the same few people in those large groups that do that. LinkedIn groups. Yeah. And even LinkedIn, like, I think I'm in one or two. I need to spend more time on LinkedIn. I haven't. And Andrea is saying that uh, new folks have started finding her group in the recommended area. <laughs> I feel like I've made it big now. What you have, what you're doing is you're showing Facebook that you're committed to this and there's value and there's quality because the more you get that response to people joining for that. Um, absolutely. Um, mine too, Andrea asked that question. I think it's fantastic. You guys, yeah, Todd, the click, uh, you mean convert kid or are you talking click funnels? I don't know what I said. Um
1: I think he, he meant click
0: Yeah, I think he meant click funnels too. What do you think? Any other thoughts on that, Demander?
1: You know, groups making a group is a tricky thing. Like I'll give you I'll I'll share my story with you. When I made my Facebook group, I was very excited. Now this is story like dating two or three years back. And obviously I got initial influx of like hundred people or so, which were obviously the visitors of my website and after a while i lost interest and i was saying like what should i do with this group so one fine day i just changed the name of the group rebranded everything changed the direction of the group to what direction i had changed myself for because your web properties your social profiles should reflect what you are doing now not what you were doing yesterday so I changed the direction mm. and not just more people started joining that group, but even I started feeling good about sharing, interacting, spending more time in the group. I'm sure it's the same with you, with content creators.
0: Oh my gosh. Like, it's my happy place.
1: <laughs> exactly. And it's like your own baby on Facebook. Like, you know, like uh, these are you... my
0: people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you talk about a lot of things besides the normal webs, web stuff. There are other things. People talk like cat GIFs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you say GIF, I say GIF, right? So with that, like, here's another example guys within the groups and especially if you're running a group, Trevor, I'm not sure if you are still on. Um, yes, Todd, you guys are my tribe. So Trevor, it was great. Reached out to me um, <clears throat> because I, Something came up, but I don't know if it was someone else. We were talking about doing market research like in the group, right? And so allowing people <laughs> to post a poll. So totally, the whole piece of this is that, well, okay, well, so I'm spending the time and energy to build this group. So one, you don't want somebody just jumping in and being like, hey, thanks for building the community. Let me pill for them for research. However... I think is a great way to reward people that are supportive in the group and contribute and provide value. Trevor is one of those people. So Lorraine, my cohort moderator, and I were discussing this. We're going to do a little bit of a hashing out this afternoon, but thought, OK, so if there are people that are consistently engaging and providing value, then sure. We, how can we let them run a poll that's market research? That provides value. And because they're already showing up, therefore, it's not something that somebody who joins the group and is like, oh, we can do polls, sweet. And they start spamming the group. You know, so from that perspective, we're gonna figure it out, whether it's a leaderboard for people participating or, you know, just showing up and giving constantly. This is a simple way to say thank you for helping make this community what it is, right? And it's it's a way to highlight say, Trevor, like, okay, now you know what he does. And if you see it, so Trevor, I, again, I don't think he's here, but if if you've got an agency, right, and you've got a few questions, well, if, pay attention to that stuff. Because if he's asking questions, and you might know somebody, you could probably dial him in, say, hey, just as a side note, I know this person, you might be a good connection with them, right? And those are the things I think in terms of the relationship piece as well. But But there's a way to reward and thank people for being a part of your audience, whether it's your list, your page, your group, whatever. Any thoughts, Steve? I'm exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. And one important aspect of, you know, being in social platform is sharing other people's content. Now, even in content creators group, I share, I think more than 90% of content that's not written by me, it's by someone else. And when I share someone else's content, I just won't share it someone like random who's written it I would share content from people I know write really good content and that specific piece of content is insightful so one another important aspect of relationship building is sharing someone else's content now if I share Todd's article obviously he will feel good about it and he Mm -hmm. will connect with me and say thank you so is I'm just taking the Todd's example but It can be any other person because obviously if someone is sharing your content, he will feel good about it. So that's another step in building relationships outside your own website. Even on my own website, when I write Pro Beaver Weekly, all the content that I share is actually not written by me. It's by other people. And obviously they say thanks and they feel good about it because I've shared their content, given them a link back, which is a natural link bank. So very important not just sharing your content you should also share content that is good from other people but then the content that you're sharing it's your responsibility that it's good enough and it's and it fits the community that you're sharing you just can't share a fashion blog article in content creators right
0: exactly and i wanted to point out because andrea and maggie just said Maggie agreed with her. She said, I feel like I'm doing more taking from the content creation group. I need to figure out how to give within the group more too. Here's my thoughts on that is I I don't think that's true at all because the first of all, you're asking questions that will serve somebody else truly. I mean, if you've got the question, sorry, my nose is totally itchy, but if you have a question, it could help someone else. And, And let me, another example I can give of this, like Paul Lacey asked last week is content creation, the new SEO. It was a super engaged thread, tons of feedback. One of the new members, Brendan, um, and I can't remember your Hoffman, I think, but gave a pretty nice valuable answer. He's a new member. He said, well, I do SEO and stuff. And I thought, well, hey, how about you do a live stream with me? I'm not an SEO expert. But the point is his question created tons of engagement in the group, which I was super appreciative of. I connected with somebody else. So I don't think you're taking, there's no such thing as taking when you're asking a real question and there will be a time, you know, there will be a time when you have something of value. And if you're not sure, share the group. Like I would love it. You guys can all share the group with your audience. That would make my day. So that sharing little piece, but you're showing up asking a valuable question that will serve other people in the group and anybody that asks I so appreciate the engagement. I so, so appreciate the engagement. What are your thoughts, Devinder?
1: Exactly. Asking is also like sharing. You are actually, when you're asking a question, you are actually sharing a piece of thought and asking different people what they think about this specific question or this specific piece of thought. Now, the example that you uh, gave about the SEO is content. I remember I gave a long answer to that question and I, I don't even remember what answer I gave at that time. It's just things instantaneously comes to your mind when you see a question and you write mm-hmm. it. And I am always logged into my Facebook when I'm working on computers. So for me, Facebook is not a distraction. It's like, it's a value addition. I learn a new thing every day from Facebook. Obviously there are a set of people who would shut their Facebook down because they cannot focus. But then every person has a different way of working. For me, Facebook is a healthy distraction. You know, when I'm doing design, okay, someone pinged it. So it's like, okay, <laughs> let, design can wait. So
0: yeah, for, it depends on what I'm doing. Cause you guys have seen me. I'm like, I'll be back in a while. I got to get some work done. So it depends on what I'm doing, but really it, it's there. It's, it's great when, when you get questions in groups. So I don't think I I don't think it's ever taking at all. Um, And Raj was saying too, now that you can charge membership fees to group members, um, Facebook groups are going to get more commercialized now. Not sure if it will retain its essence. Well, here's the deal.
1: We've got the first member now, paid member.
0: (laughs) We have our first paid member. Well, here's the thing. Like I'm never going to charge for this Facebook group. I'd rather monetize a membership. So to me, the Facebook group, again, this is one of those, um, be willing to do the work that other people aren't, and you will succeed. So it's kind of like I'm going to compare it to chats. That came, when when many chat and messenger started getting big last year, a ton of people jumped in. They started spamming it. They started using it and annoying people. And then when they realized, oh, I can't get results immediately. This is not you know just a. It's another marketing channel. You have to do it correctly. And so now all the noise is gone. And so therefore you're going to have people that are going to use it correctly. Now. I think the same way Facebook groups will not work unless you, you have to work at it. So the people that think they're just going to start charging for it, I don't know. And the other thing is to me, I would never charge for a community. To me, it's the community conversation that happens within Facebook group. It's like, I'm not necessarily going to put all of my content in there. Facebook doesn't make it easy for it to be a paid place it's archiving and all of that stuff it's not easy so i think the people that do that are gonna fail personally i mean unless you're gary v and you're like hey five bucks and you get early access to stuff i don't know it's not something not i'm never gonna do it
1: on a side note facebook has i think introduced the paid facebook groups feature i think they've launched that feature on a Mm -hmm. beta mode yeah And
0: and we'll see, you know, I mean, Facebook is jumping into a lot of stuff and, and kind of like my prediction with, I still think with, with pages, they're going to have to do something that makes it worthwhile for a business owner to utilize the page more. Otherwise it's like, you're just going to use it to live stream and push content. It's like, if nobody's seeing it, why would I sit around work waiting for engagement here? So I do, something's going to change with pages. I have no idea what that means. I don't think they're going to necessarily flood us. With organic traffic again but they can't cut the pages off the way it's something's coming I don't know what it is and
1: even to your question of chat bots uh, when you shared your many chats excitement with me I didn't get that excited about it because I was like really allergic to a lot of bots being pushed at me like five or six months ago like Mm -hmm. like everyone was using chat bots and they were trying to push you and there was a lot of notification in your Facebook messenger. So, Mm -hmm. and you don't feel like interacting with those, but now I guess, as you said, the noise has settled down. Like people were trying to use it to get instant results, which wasn't the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll give another look to it.
0: Well, and what, what you guys, again, what, what flipped it for me was going through the many chat courts. I think I've got the last two modules to go through, but when you think of it as one, it's simply another marketing channel and two it's conversational. So can you do it? Because, and Facebook has strict terms in terms of when you can even sell. So to me, it would be like, hey, do you want to know when we go live? Do you want to know when there's an event or I'm doing a live stream or in case you miss the podcast? So I really, you have to think about it and test it. And, and it's conversational. That's a whole piece of it. Um, we have a couple, oh, uh, so Lorraine was sharing too. I've seen this um, and Andrea was asking that within the Facebook groups, you can now, there's a mentor mentee thing. Um, Lorraine, I don't, I, I don't know more about it, but it's within a group. It's not a paid that you can sign up to be a mentor or a mentee in a group. She's seen it in a few groups. I haven't looked at it. Um, and Annalyn said I was a mentor once in another group, but the owner of the group stopped it. So I, I don't know. I haven't looked more into that or seen how that's working for people. Um, but I do think it could be a relationship thing. And Trevor, I agree because he said pages suck now. And they do. So I, I do think they're gonna have to do something about that. What do you have you seen the mentor mentee thing, Devender?
1: Yeah, I've seen that pop up of, you know, we want to set some mentor mm-hmm. or, but I didn't dwell into much because it's like things Facebook shows today arrive in a baked format in like two, three months. So I guess I'll wait for a few months.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the last section I want to talk about with this guys is because I'm like, wow, we've been going for a while, but is some audience growth tools, right? And in terms of building your audience. So we've talked about groups. I think they're great. And I have also told you podcasting and, and kudos, Andrea. I know you did your first Anchor um, and I, by the way, you guys, I think I had posted that it was a three minutes or under for the video. It's actually two minutes, just as a side note, if you want to do the anchor transcript. Um, and, but a couple audience growth, so podcasting, I so, so believe in it, you guys, simply because it is a relationship builder. It's an authority builder. You're putting yourself out there. And I really believe that when somebody is willing to listen to me for an hour, Well, they're pretty invested, right? So they're probably really a target audience for me. So there's that piece of it, right? Live streaming. This is a huge audience builder and Devinder, jump in whenever. But I think with live streaming, I have a tendency when I see people going live too much, I feel like it dilutes the content and I just kind of tune people out. I don't know about you guys. I would love your thoughts. Please let me know. Yeah,
1: I I actually shared with you like last week or two weeks back that this person jumps in like every day on the live stream so uh, where's the value in it like obviously if you are I think you shouldn't live stream for the heck of it you should have a proper plan that I'm gonna talk about this thing today on the live stream like Mm -hmm. once or twice a week or if you have some other kind of session like ask me anything kind of a session that works Mm -hmm. that that works without any plan but if you're gonna do a live stream you got to have some plan you got to put some topic forward and stick to that topic you just can't talk obviously you can talk random things for one or two minutes but in the end if someone is spending time and watching your live stream he would want that you should talk about the topic for which he or she is here for Mm -hmm. so and live streaming is not easy for everyone it hasn't been easy for me like i have just recently started it because a lot of people are not that comfortable with video so even I wasn't comfortable, but then once you do it like two, three times, it comes naturally to you. So
0: I mm-hmm. want to make sure I wasn't uh, missing any other comments here and there. It, it, and it's just, again, to me, I think that, that live streaming, you know, I oh, was saying too, daily video drips are okay with me as long as they're focused and short, I agree. And yep. I wouldn't look at monetizing a live stream. I'm like, Hey guys, before we do this, you know, today's thing is brought to you by unless Ross brand does this really, really well. He has live stream deals. He's specifically talking about tools and, and products that are relevant to live streaming. And he he has giveaways and stuff that to me makes sense. Right. But if you're delivering content in a live stream, don't just throw in a random affiliate product because I I don't know. And and I'm just not one of those people that's like, hey, like I would drive people if I were gonna do live streaming, I've thought about doing content prompts, right? From my page. Like, all right, guys, here's a good idea for a piece of content. Get on less than five minutes, create a piece of content here. If you do, drop your link below, share what you've produced and published with me. I'd love to see it. So something like that. And then on that, I might say, and if you're not a member of content creators, you know, link is in the comments, join the content creators, Facebook group, but I would never even be pushing them. I mean, I might test a, a, a chat thing with that, but for the most part, it's that to me is still the beginning of the relationship. It's the relationship piece it's the connection. It's not the selling piece. So I think with live streaming, you do have to be really committed to being concise. And I know I get chatty guys, so I'm sorry, but being concise and having a point to it.
1: And it depends on which platform you're live streaming. Now, if you're live streaming on a Facebook page of your business, then you've got to talk business. Now, if you're doing a video on Instagram, you can talk about anything. Show your cats, show your dogs, no harm. That's now you got to you got to identify the platform you're doing the live stream on. So. And on Facebook, there are lots of, if you're doing it from your, from your personal profile, obviously you can go crazy and show anything. But if you're doing it from your business page or your business Facebook group, then you've got to stick to the topic because your audience will be conditioned for that kind of content.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think just going into it with the intention of what's the value for the person watching, right? That's the goal for that. I think another great audience growth tool is to interview people. Even if you're not doing a podcast, you can say to somebody, I love what you're doing. I'd like to write a post. Can I ask you five questions? Can you email me the answers? I'm going to highlight you. Tell me where you'd like to link back. If you don't want to get into podcasting, that's great. Another thing I love to do is a highlight post, which I dropped the ball. I need to share this with people, but I would say it was two weeks ago. I did an email. And then I just created a post with it. And it said, what I'm watching, reading and listening to. And I shared like three new podcasts, I'm listening to the books I'm reading and what I'm watching on YouTube. And I highlighted each of those people. And now what I need to do is create some social sharing images, tag the people that I mention, and say, Hey, just as an FYI, I love what you're doing. I shared with my audience. Thanks for what you do, period, right? Really simple. Um, (laughs) Maggie said, kitty, it's actually a dog. You saw one's tail come in. (laughs) Um, you know, so doing a highlight post or even some, one of my favorite ones that I did a while ago, which I'm so overdue for is, you know, seven people that inspire and delight me or something. It doesn't even have to be, you can simply do, this is why I, I read these people's emails. This is why I follow their content. They make me feel good. I like what they do. They teach me whatever, right? Relevant to your audience. Um, but who doesn't want to be mentioned in a post? Like, it never gets old. It never gets old to know that you're helping somebody. So those are great audience groups.
1: Other type could be the roundup post. Even they are like very engaging if Mm -hmm. you write in a more structured manner, easy to consume manner. But if you're just going to throw 10 different links on a post, that's kind of difficult. But if you organize them in a sections, like that is very engaging piece of content as well.
0: So you guys did that help in terms of growing your audience? I mean, there is no like magic bullet and you knew you're going to get a Gary V quote, right? But one of the things he says when people are like, you know, I'm posting to Instagram every day and nothing's happened. Post more. It, it, <laughs> it, his answer is like post more, right? Like someone said that to me once and I'm like, you can't post once a day. Instagram is a completely different beast, right? And so you have to find, and that's one of the modules in the free course, coming but is doubling down you got to double down where you're good and then once you get that running you guys like I don't even think twice if I need to get an email out I just create a post like it's automatic at this point for me the podcast just happens automatically and I created this sort of uh non-negotiables like what has to happen every week and I know that and those are easy so it's like all right Kim how can you step that up for me it's going to be more video and medium like I really believe in medium and anchor as well so it's like how can I step those up because I've already got this stuff running, but you have to double down where you're getting a return. So even looking at this, I mean, Maggie, it sounds like you're doing great on LinkedIn. Um, So I would double down on that. You know, Andrea, you're you're doing great with your group. Double down on that. I mean, Lorraine, I mean, you guys are all, I see you online creating and sharing and engaging all the time. So wherever you're doing that and getting some results, just do more and test And, and
1: one more, and one very important aspect, if you can't double down, At least be consistent in what you're doing now. Because a lot of people just, when they are not getting the results they are expecting, they just, instead of doubling up, they go minus two, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it is. And then all of a sudden, it's like everything starts falling apart. That's a great question. Trevor asked, what are your thoughts about having guest posts on your blog? I'm super picky about that. With the WordPress chick, I had a lot of people I didn't know. And it was generic content, more of the top web hosting things. And it was just like, man, nah. Then for I have backlinks
1: for backlinks. backlinks,
0: right? Then I have Andy McLawain, who is brilliant. He's in our group. And Andy did this just value add, this super great post. And it was super in-depth because he had set a challenge for himself to do like 30 guest posts in, in one month, like December of all months. But I know Andy. I trust Andy. I would absolutely so. And I thought about that even with a personal brand. I'm like, okay, well, would I do guest posts? I'm like, I absolutely would, as long as it's an alignment and I know the person and that the goal is to write with for value for my audience, period. I'm happy to give the backlink. I have zero problem with that, as long as it's a good piece of content from somebody that I trust. So hopefully, what do you think, Dee?
1: Yeah. Uh, when you are running a WordPress blog, guess what? You get bombarded with emails, you know? I already have, uh, you know, posts written, like these are the sample posts, pick and choose and please publish it. Problem with these kind of uh, requests is that they are only publishing content on your website to get a backlink. And even though you will be getting some new content, not not that content would be valuable for you, you will actually lose more on the SEO structure of a website by giving these kind of people backlinks.
0: You guys are so awesome! Great comments. Couple things. Todd said, get someone you know and respect to do that. Someone who you would ask. If they're asking you, bet them. Um, Shoshana said, great tips. Thank you, Devender, for reminding me that daily video without meaning and structure can be a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally gonna screenshot some of these comments, you guys. I don't know what to do with them. Um, Maggie said, you're right. She sees too many generic, stale guest blogs. Trevor, great way to double down on blog content if done properly. And uh, Annalyn saying hi to people. So. You guys are awesome. Trevor, I hope you heard that we are working on the poll thing, the market research. You will be the first one up to get to do that when we have that sorted. I'm talking to Lorraine today. Um, any other final comments to Vendor? We're at an hour, you guys. This has been fantastic. And I think I might publish this as a podcast. What do you think? I don't no. know. <laughs>
1: We were just, we were just talking about this, converting video into audio and then splitting in different platforms. I think uh, the ending point would be like, if you are, whether you are new or you've been trying to build your audience, the key aspects is like, you should have a rich content website and bustling social profile. Now, when I say bustling social profile, you don't need to be on all social profiles. Just pick and choose two or three social platforms, be it Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and be consistent in on it Mm -hmm. like if you if i know there are people who cannot spend one hour on facebook on daily basis you don't need to if you cannot engage on daily basis at least you should post on daily basis and you can use their default scheduling tool or you can use other tools like hot hootsuit and you know but if you're sending you know, traffic or if you're sending your content one way, like you're broadcasting your content and someone is responding to your content, liking your content, saying any comment, it's your duty that you take the conversation further and reply to that because these are all tools. If you don't, if you behave like tools, Mm -hmm. you will get results (laughs) like tools, seriously. You got to be human in your...
0: I'm totally making a Devinder quote. If you behave like (laughs) tools, you're going to get tools.
1: exactly you know you've got to behave like a human in even on social media platforms like if if someone is sad you got to give us you got to give a sad smiley you can't give a laughing smiley yeah
0: well and lastly you guys um uh shoshana said love your comment came about supporting others might have to borrow that for part two of social media etiquette absolutely you guys this is so basic i don't know if anybody remembers i used to work in the book Industry years, years, years ago, like first retail. There was a book called "Everything I Need to Know About All I Need to Know About Life I Learned in Kindergarten" by Robert Fulgham. and it's one of those basics, like "Do unto others, be kind." It's like all that, all that works really, really well. And I really think you stand out when you're a decent human being. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is, in terms of Maggie, that's why it's called social media. You know what's funny is, I, somebody asked me. I posted an audiogram last week to Instagram using Headliner, and she direct messaged me. She said what did you use to create that? I said, Oh, I used this. And I started this conversation with her. And she said, thank you so much for answering my question. She said, I can't tell you how many times I ask a question that falls on deaf ears. So clearly I stand out as someone to her now. Right. And I, like, I will take, I treat Instagram as like, okay, I'm going to chill for a little bit, watch TV and I'll go through and I'll comment. And I try to engage at different times. That's one of those. And I don't mean passively, but I tend to make a mountain out of a molehill. So it's like, Kim, this is only going to, like, just have some fun. Don't overthink this. And it's and it's done. And it, it's really, really amazing. Um, so, you know, I really think, yeah, value deposit, Todd, all of it is. And it's so easy to stand out by being a good person. Last Gary V quote, I promise, but it's always the right thing to do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> so are we good? Anything else, Dee?
1: I think you need to find your tribe and build on it. That's the simple you got to find your sweet spot like you can't target everyone every visitor on the internet you have your own expertise you got to find people who are looking for that expertise you can be one you guys exactly you can be one step better than that person and you can definitely be more valuable so find your tribe Mm
0: -hmm. go all in you guys just go all in
1: and be human
0: (laughs) and be human all right, you guys, we're going to sign off. Thank you so much. I We totally appreciate it. This has been a ton of fun and it's been invaluable. So thank you. And what I'll do in the group is I'll just copy and paste the, or I'll attach the outline that we used today. It's just bullet points, but if you want some reminders, you know, that might help too. So um, anyways, you guys rock. Thanks a ton and have a fabulous rest of your day. All right. Cool. We're going to stop the live stream. Peace out guys. All right, guys, there you have it. Hopefully the audio quality came through. I've often debated about the live stream to podcast because there is a conversation happening with people that are commenting. So I'm pretty sure I'm hoping that we read all the comments so that the context was there. But I'd love I'd love your thoughts on that. Let me know if that was valuable, what you thought. And if you haven't, I'd love a review on iTunes, The Kim Doyle Show. And if you have not joined content creators, you guys, we are almost at 2000 members. That's the kind of stuff we do in the group. It is fantastic. You can simply go to creatorsfbgroup.com. It'll take you directly to the group. Again, that is creatorsfbgroup.com. And I will catch you guys next week.